good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, that program is designed for someone like me. Because, you know, there's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking, but it might just be something that's been bugging me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological chapter and verse discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk at the pastor's the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Andrew Preuss. He's pastor of two congregations in the state of Iowa, where I used to live. I have my questions, and I am sure that you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to let's talk at kfuo.org, or you can call in the program if you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, at 314-8210850, or toll free anywhere in the 48 adjacent states at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor, welcome to the program. It's good to be on again. It is indeed. It is indeed. Boy, I tell you, a lot has been going on. Um, you know, we talk, uh, we've talked before about the left-hand kingdom and the right-hand kingdom. And the left-hand kingdom has been doing some things that I'm a little concerned about. Uh, and I'd like to get your take on it. Uh, just today, the House of Representatives passed what is called, uh, is been known as the Equality Act. Uh, it's H.R. 5. I've read over the bill, and I've got some questions about it. I know that you have uh, some material on that, and I'd like to ask, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, yeah, I I, I um, read it too, and it's interesting how, uh, you know, they're, <clears throat> they don't explicitly talk about churches, um, but they... Uh, but the way that what they're what they're doing is they're saying they're basically saying they're premising everything saying that by saying that inequality is just terrible and discriminating is bad, and they center it on the the LGBTQ uh, discriminating against you know like gay people and trans transsexuals and stuff like that. And then they also add women in there, and then. They and so they're they're kind of it's it seems like a, it's a pretty vague kind of law, and they're kind of appealing to the Civil Rights Act from back in the '60s, and uh, and and so that it, it seems like this is a way for them to sort of get more into the private sector and determine for us what it means to discriminate and what we can and can't do in terms of discrimination. And of course, you know this in the long term. I think that what you're the, the fear that you're expressing and the concern that you're expressing that any Christian should also be aware of well, the is thing that, that this is another step. Oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. The thing that really concerned me in the reading of this was it said specifically that uh, exception, exceptions could not be made by using the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1992. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That that's scares right. the Bewillikers out of me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is something that I've noticed... Uh, you know, even back when um, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the the well, the, you know, the Health Care Act, where they where they were talking about you know giving uh, forms of contraceptive that are abortifacient, um, and uh, and they were trying to. I remember the way that that, that it was it was talked about was like, you know, that, that uh, well, churches is is where there are religious ceremonies being performed, and you know, you can have exception there. 
but it wouldn't it wouldn't they didn't want to expand it to um you know like the private christian life um or or even church organizations and so what you see going on is just turning like the first step seems to be to take church and put it into a ghetto and it's just kind of like so you have church on sunday morning and yeah you can at least for now you can keep preaching and teaching what you want but as far as actually confessing this in your daily life and practicing what you preach they're uh, they're really trying to put the kibosh on that. Well, there and, are... and of course, it's only a matter of time before they come after the pastors and the pews. And we've even seen like the Houston what was it, the Houston governor a few years ago, you know, trying to make, make a subpoena on the <laughs> on the pastors. Sermon. Oh yeah, down in Texas, yeah, like yeah. But the uh, oh yeah, but the uh, thing that that uh, had. Uh, a number of things here that really bothered me about it. I'm, I'm looking at a number of things that I think, at least that some critics say it will affect. Uh, one is it says it's going to force employers to cover abortion and medical proportion, uh, pro, uh, professionals to assist in performing. Now, groups like Hobby Lobby, for example, the court has ruled that they were covered. Will they be covered again? Must they actually support them? What about us here at the Lutheran Church? I'm employed by the LCMS, by the International Center. Would that force us to do that as well? And what about uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare workers who are morally opposed to abortion? As I read the Equality Act, it doesn't matter. You're going to have to do it. And this is the thing I'm looking at here is it's it is essentially saying as I read this and I'm hoping other people out there have read it and have their own opinions and would call in and let us know. But as I read this, the law is saying the uh, H.R. 5 is saying your religion doesn't matter to us. Keep it in the church. You cannot practice it outside. And, you know, there's a huge difference between freedom of worship and freedom of religion. For example, the old Soviet Union actually had freedom of worship listed in its constitution. However, Mm -hmm. it also said specifically it had to be restricted to churches. Yeah, yeah, that that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and this is this is something that 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 the pieces have kind of been put into place through the years and. Uh, largely underneath, right underneath the nose of Christians without them realizing it. Um, just a year ago, I think it was, there was uh, a bill that, and I don't know how far it went. I, I didn't really keep following it, but it was going through the the, um, the legislature in, in, in California. Um, that was, uh, it was geared against uh, what, what they call conversion therapy. for Oh yeah, right. I'm familiar and, with that. And they wanted to make it, they want to make it illegal to offer any type of conversion therapy where it would be, uh, uh, it was, it was kind of in the commerce clause. So like you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't sell anything that would have anything to do with, with conversion therapy, which would, which would mean then that let's say you wanted to have a conference on homosexuality and, you know, Christians want to have a conference on it and people are going to come to the conference. Well, what do you do when you go to a conference? You pay, you pay for the you gotta you gotta pay honorariums for the for the for the for the people who are there, pay for, for all the stuff that's going on. It's nonprofit, but you're still paying, right? So even that 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 rule in there would would then would would, would apply to that and, and, and if they wanted to push it, they could say, Well, 
if you have just a church conference, you could have a, you know, like the making the case conference. You oh, know, yeah. have someone making the case against homosexuality. Well, people are going there and they're paying. They're paying to hear these guys speak um, because that's just what you, it's necessary. You can't just give stuff away for free. These people need to be able to pay for their travel and, 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 and get an honorarium and stuff like that. And so this is the kind of stuff that, like, exactly what you said, it's just kind of pushing it just in your own churches, pushing it into just just practice it in your own churches, but don't don't bring it into the public square. And that's the first. I mean, that once you get there, and that, that's I find that so interesting. I didn't know that about the USSR, but it makes sense um, that they would allow you to have your churches, <laughs> but not uh, but not actually have your religion in your everyday life. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing it more and more. I mean, even in like. And uh, I mean, I, I see it just in the culture. Like when I was, when I was, um, uh, when I first became a pastor, we had this. Uh, it was some sort of. We're picking parade. up a little bit of sound here behind you. Are you? Uh, are, here, are, let me see if. Uh, is that better now? Oh, that's much better. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Um, so when I was in, uh, I was I was at this parade. Our church was in this parade, and. Uh, this guy from the local news came and he, and, and he was interviewing a couple of my parishioners. And then I, I came up and I, I just quoted Isaiah seven and said, you know, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And, and I just gave maybe a 15 second spiel on the gospel. <laughs> and then I looked it up and uh, online and they had it, they had it online and, you so, you could see me coming up, and then they just cut it out, and and that. But that's that's the culture. You have to keep it secular. You got you can't. Uh, I mean, I've experienced this in in with newspapers. Thankfully, our local newspaper here will they're they're usually pretty good about publishing stuff that I send them. But other other local newspapers in the area, I'll send things in, and they don't want to publish them because it's too religious. It's too it's too much against the grain, and. Um, and so we're seeing it in our culture, and so it shouldn't surprise us that we see the House of Representatives, which really represents our culture, um, doing this very thing. And it's just a matter of time where that we 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 see more and more oppression um, on on our our confession. Um, and you know, there's a I think it, there was a, a a good quote by a guy named uh, Charles. Porterfield Krauth from back in the 19th century, where he was talking about heresy and, he said, heresy, and he said, first heresy wants to be tolerated, and then it wants to uh, kind of have the same, the, the next step then is it wants to be on the same ground as the truth, and then it wants to be accepted, and then it won't tolerate the truth, right? And But it doesn't all happen at once, but that's kind of what we're seeing with this. So... But, you know, there's something, though, about even just with getting into just the, the theology behind it, there's, um, and, and the philosophy behind it, the whole concept of equality is really just a, a it's, it, it's a, it's really a bogus uh, concept, um, because God did not create everyone equal in the sense that he created them equal with the same opportunities and the same outcomes. He created everyone equal in his image. Um, he, you know, we are, there's, and the old, the old political uh, philosophers would make a distinction between equality of 
There's equality of outcome, which is just absurd. Um, there's equality of opportunity, which a lot of conservatives will say that that's what we that's what we should uh, be talking about. But even that is absurd because you can't you you and I don't have the same opportunities. That's impossible. That you know, we live we, we we have different backgrounds. We have different different circumstances and different opportunities. Um, but but there's also then the, the the real equality that we talk about when we talk is in the civil realm should be formal equality or equality under the law. And that is that, yeah, I may, maybe I come from a family that has more money, which isn't true, but, you know, but let's say I come from a family that, yeah, has, has lots and lots of money and has passed down to me. Well, there's an opportunity that I have that, that I've inherited. And maybe you don't have that. That's not un that's not unjust. You know, that's, <laughs> but now it would be unjust if I were to, then exploit my neighbor, right? And use, you know, use my advantages to hurt other people. Well, sure. Then, then we're talking about injustice, but what they want to do is they want to break down the very barriers that God has set in place. I mean, like the distinction between a man and a woman or just the very, just basic moral barriers that exist that you that 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 sex is for a specific purpose with specific people in a specific institution called marriage right and these kind of things they look at these and you hear this all the time where people say well we're breaking down the barriers and that sounds so heroic but what barriers are they talking about they're talking about the very institutions of god which god uses to promote ability and security and safety and really and freedom and so what's ironic about it is that these guys think that they're promoting freedom and they're really they're promoting bondage and their true colors are really coming out oh with, i see with this legislation i see that every day and uh you know a couple of things for example you talked about the conversion therapy uh, i'm going to quote here directly from the bill says, the discredited practice, known as conversion therapy, is a form of discrimination that harms LGBT people by undermining individual's sense of self-worth, increasing suicide ideation and substance abuse, exacerbating family conflict, and contributing to second-class status. Now, I'm sure you as a pastor have had parishioners come up to you in a counseling session and say, I'm struggling with my sexuality. Would this now be illegal? Well, that that's a good question. And I think that that's what they're pushing for. Um, absolutely. I think that that maybe that see, and this is the thing about these, these, these laws is that they're not there to, to, to give a, a solid, um, declaration of of what's right and what's wrong they're there rather to open up the door for their so-called progress and this is just the way that progressives think progressivism as an ideology is not based on a principle of unchangeable truth um, if that were the case then they would simply be concerned with saying this is right this is wrong and this is what we're going to enforce. But if you look at the way it's written, it's written in such a way to open up the door as sort of a, another gateway to be able to give, uh, 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 you know, uh, those who those who enforce the laws um, the the ability 
to continue their agenda. Um, and so, so, so yeah, I mean, the, the, this is, uh, this is definitely going to come after pastors because this is what any faithful pastor who has to deal with, I mean, not even just, uh, homosexuality, but just even in catechism class, just teaching kids, you know, I'll, I'll tell kids in catechism class, like, Hey, if you have a sin, if you have a uh, sexual sin, uh, whether it's, whether it's deemed heterosexual or homosexual, um, if you feel that in your heart, you know, first of all, um, this is what Jesus died for. And so God does not count that sin against you. Um, but he also gives you his Holy Spirit to fight against that sin and, uh, and, and to overcome those desires. And maybe you'll maybe continue to struggle with them your whole life, but, but you rest in the gospel that Jesus has died for them and that God does not count them against you. And that's why it's so important to return to the word and sacrament every chance you get. That's the gospel. That's the essence of our life as Christians, regardless of what sin we're struggling against. But for them, that's an assault. And it, and it really, and it's an assault on their, their feigned view of equality and the injustice. And it really gets to the heart of, you know, what, what we're up against with the world is that it's not just a social war against you know just a against the destruction of our culture it, it's much deeper than that it's I mean, we as christians as pastors as as parents as as just any christians in in our in our congregations who want to live out our lives and admonish one another toward holy living um are being told that we can't do that and uh and and it's one thing to be to be pushed out of the public square. Well, now we're going to start seeing more and more, not only pushing us out of the public square, but even suppressing us in the lives that we want to live um, under under the cross. Well, here's one where they're specifically going after children. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking specifically at the bill here. And they're talking about adoption and foster, chair, and, uh, foster care. And... The, again, the language here says something to the effect of, uh, let me find it here, I just lost it, it was right in front of my eyes. It says, many, uh, many child-placing agencies refuse to serve same-sex couples and LGBT individuals, and this has resulted in the pool of qualified and available homes for youth in the child welfare system. This is utter nonsense. What they have done here, I mean, there are certainly, I mean, there are Jewish agencies, there are Lutheran agencies, there are Catholic agencies, and what will happen here is in some states right now, they've already said, well, you know, if you're taking any of our federal money, we're no longer going to, or our state money, we can't refer to you because you discriminate against the LBGT groups. The thing is, is that it doesn't reduce the pool because if a a same-sex couple goes to one of these agencies and says, we want to adopt, the agency says, well, we can't do that without violating our conscience. However, this agency over here will do it. And there's no shortage of those agencies in the city of Philadelphia, for example. Yeah. 24, 24 adoption agencies in that city. Two of them are Christian. Guess what? They knocked out those two Christian agencies and then put out a call for new foster homes because they were overburdened. Those other 22 foster homes had no problem whatsoever dealing with gay uh, and lesbian couples. Why punish the Christians? Yeah. Well, no, that's right. And and also, um, I mean, you just you just see how dishonest they are. 
And also you look at like the use of statistics. It's like, well, they say in there, um, and I don't have it in front of me, but they say in there like uh, something like uh, the effect that, well, um, gay, gay and lesbian couples, you know, per capita adopt uh, more. Yeah, they said seven, seven more. times more and then they don't document. Yeah, it. it's like, well, obviously, because they can't have children. I mean, it's just so it's like, what do you what do you think? Obviously. So but that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't account for the fact that there are plenty of heterosexual um, couples who want to adopt children. And, I mean, this idea that like, you know, you can you can make something up that 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 uh, I mean, they make up they make up um, this definition of marriage that isn't marriage. And then they say, and, and this definition of marriage isn't marriage. One of the reasons, one of the, one of the reasons that you know it isn't marriage is that it's impossible for them to have children, um, just by the very makeup of it. And so, and so they, so they, they go and say, therefore, um, well, obviously, then they're going to have, they're, they're going to desire to, to adopt more. If, if, if I mean, if, if you get married, most people who get married are going to want at least a child. Right. I mean, that's that's just normally how it is. So so it makes perfect sense that if you have gay people getting married to one another, then they're going to probably want a child or, or, or some type of surrogate. I mean, that's disgusting and immoral and perverted, but that's that's the way it is. But of course, it's going to be it's going to be more per capita. But and and nobody anything. prevents them from doing it. This is the thing that I am so upset about. They are not being prevented from it. It's simply that they're trying to force us to cooperate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's true. Now, I would argue, as far as policy goes, that they should not be allowed to do it. Oh, I agree. That's, and we can and, urge them not to. We can appeal yeah, to the yeah. conscience, but legally well, your, we your can't point, borrow it. Yeah, your point is still, is still. I mean, that I think the point you're making is very good, though, that that even if we, even if we're totally cool with these other agencies adopting to same-sex couples, um, that, that that's still not that's still not enough for them. So even if we say, yeah, live and let live, you guys do your thing, we'll do our thing. That's not enough for them. And that goes back to you know what I was saying about heresy or any type of error that eventually it demands obedience. And that's just the way it is. You can't have, a, you can't be neutral on this stuff. Um, and what we're seeing through this experience is how true that really is. Oh yeah, we really are. And th there are so many other ways here that that they're going on. Uh, for example, they talk about uh, uh, services, goods and services. Now listen to this part. Again, I'm, I'm reading this directly from the, from the bill. It says, a reference in this title to an establishment shall be construed to include an individual whose operations affect commerce and who is a provider of good services or program and shall not be construed to be limited to a physical facility or place. Hello, Jack Phillips. Hello, Baronel Stutzman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not they're not they're not finished with that. And I mean, it, it the fact that they went after Jack Phillips again after he had won, and now I mean, it just shows that they're relentless. And and you know, I mentioned like with the public schools too that um, 
how how this goes. Uh, I mean, even when I was when I was in school, and it wasn't that long ago. I graduated from high school thirteen years ago. Um, but I was I remember in school uh, in health class they were our teacher was very liberal. She went to the local ELCA church. I think she even taught Sunday school there. And she, uh, so she was very religious and you couldn't, you couldn't tell her that she didn't love Jesus, even though she hated what Jesus taught and his apostles taught. But anyway, um, she, she would tell us, you know, people are born gay and all this stuff. And, and, uh, she had us watch this homosexual propaganda Well, some parents complained. And so the, the, admin, the school administration said that they had to allow opinion come in. So so one of the parents brought in this guy who had been a homosexual, had lived as a homosexual for years, and then repented and became a Christian, and now it was very... And it was really, it was really uh, uh, moving, you know, listening to this guy talk. Well, then he left, and the next day, or the, we, I think we had, like, every other day, Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays or something like that. So the next time we had class in health class, then the teacher just proceeded to totally attempt to debunk everything that he just said and said, well, he must not have really been gay. Like, uh, he was actually doing stuff that gay people do. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know how you can really, how, how you can really refute this guy. And, but it was like, but this was, this is what, what I experienced in school. And then by the time I graduated, my sister was there. Um, my sister was telling me that there were already, they were already starting to make like safe, safe spaces and stuff like that. She graduated back in 2009. So, I mean, this kind of, this agenda that's been going on, not just in our universities, but in our high schools, um, is, uh, this is where they get, if they get, they get, they have the control of the education and they therefore have the control of the culture and the culture then is going to influence the representatives. I mean, there's a reason why this Muslim lady from Minnesota is on the House of Representatives, because the culture in her in her uh, precinct is is the way it is. It's 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 a multicultural kind of uh, secularist slash just very anti-Christian apostate kind of culture. And so, what we see in the House of Representatives is simply a representation of American culture, and that's what's scary. Because it's going, we can see it go on already in our newspapers, in our schools, in 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 uh, in, in in the corporations. You know, who like I remember when Walmart uh, uh, and, and Target, I think it was, uh, you know, spoke out against uh, in, uh, uh, Indiana when they were establishing. Uh, this is like five years ago when they were kind of reasserting the the Freedom uh, uh, of Religion Act, and so this is, and you hear like celebrities, athletes, all these kind of things. This is our culture. These are the ones who are promoting this so-called progressive agenda. And so it makes perfect sense that this is then going to reflect in the laws that are being pushed. And I just I, I, I thank God that we that that we that that it sounds like this will not pass through the Senate. I mean, I would assume it wouldn't. But that just it's just a matter of time before these progressives just take over. It is frightening. Um, we got to take a break now, but we got a lot more to talk about. So stay tuned. We got some more talk about this supposed Equality Act.
worldwide KFUO Radio salutes our day sponsors on this Friday, May 17th, 2019. Today's day sponsors are David and Barbara Hartung. Today's day sponsors have made a contribution to KFUO Radio in celebration of their 51st wedding anniversary and in thanksgiving to the Lord for their two granddaughters, Carly and Emma, and their grandson, Rowan. Once again, we say thank you to David and Barbara Hartung of St. Louis, Missouri, today's worldwide KFUO day sponsors. The Bible commands people to love, but to say love is a duty does not tell the whole story. As you will hear in the music this week on Sing for Joy, the duty to love is also a delight. Join us. Sundays at noon on KFUO, the messenger of good news. Come join the Consortium for Classical Lutheran Education on the campus of Concordia University in Chicago, July 16 through 18, for our summer conference featuring Dr. Angus Manouge, Charles Evans, Dr. Joel Heck, and a host of workshop presenters. We invite homeschoolers, school faculties, and anyone interested in classical Lutheran education to learn more about the conference at ccle.org. For years on Sunday mornings, Worldwide KFUO has been broadcasting live worship services for those unable to attend worship or for those who enjoy hearing God's word. This Sunday, our 8.15 a.m. worship comes from Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Matt Clark. Our 10.45 worship comes from Hope Lutheran Church in St. Anne, Missouri with presiding pastor Reverend Timothy Ostermeyer. Join us on Sunday mornings on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Mama, you taught me to do the right things. Heading into Mother's Day weekend, it's fitting to acknowledge the role of mothers in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament. Including Eve, the first mother, whom the book of Genesis describes as the mother of all the living. Sarah, who laughed when she was told she would have a son in her old age. Her son Isaac and grandson Jacob would become the father of a great nation. Jochebed, who hid her baby Moses for three months and then to save him, placed him in a papyrus basket among the reeds of the Nile. In the opening pages of Luke, cousins Elizabeth and Mary, who, as foretold by angels, would give birth just months apart to John the Baptist and Jesus of Nazareth. Engage with the history and people of the Bible. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I am program host Kip Allen, and my guest today is Pastor Andrew Preuss from up in Iowa. We are discussing the so-called Equality Act that just passed the House of Representatives. i got the figures here in front of me. It passed by a vote of 236 to 173, with 23 uh, congresspeople not voting. Every Democrat voted for it, as did eight Republicans, all Republicans opposed. So it'll probably pass the House. It has passed the House. It's not probably. It will. It has passed the House. Now it goes to the Senate. Senate is in Republican hands. So we'll see what happens when it gets up there. Also, the an administration spokesman has said that the president doesn't like it, but has not yet promised a veto should it come to his desk. So that's what we're looking at right now. Strange times we live in. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there's another thing here I was reading, again, in the law. Uh, put on my eyeballs here so I can see it. <clears throat> and here, I'm going to quote from it again. With respect to gender identity, an individual shall not, shall not be denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, locker room, and dressing room, that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. Do you have restrooms at your church? Yeah, we do. Do we have restrooms at our Lutheran schools? Do we have locker yeah, rooms at our youth Lutheran schools? Certainly do. Boy, let's think about yeah, that, that one. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because I don't see well, anywhere in here that it says, oh, religious organizations are exempt. In fact, I see sp specific mentions that it, that they are not. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's, that's what makes it frightening. Um, yeah, they, they, it's interesting, you know, how when, when you try to phrase something in kind of a, a neutral way, or like, you know, we'll say, well, this is just my opinion. But I, this is a good lesson to learn that your opinion is not just your opinion. It, it holds a lot more weight uh, and, and than, than you might think. It reminds me back when I was in, in college. And uh, I, our next-door neighbors, we rented a house, and our next-door neighbors were having a get-together, and a friend of mine went over there just to say hi, and this girl was uh, was asking me, uh, I was engaged at the time, and so she, this girl was asking me about about uh, my, my plans and stuff like that, and, and uh, about me getting married, and, and I, she asked me about, like, children and stuff, and I, I mentioned that, yeah, of course, we want to have, you know, want to have children, and, and want God to bless us with with children and um and i and i said i i think i made a comment something to the effect of like well you know god whatever god gives us we'll, we'll take and uh <clears throat> and this girl and that sounds like you know that sounds reasonable you know uh okay you know to each their own as as we like to say but this other girl then just got so mad at me and started going after me for for being pro-life for what and it was interesting because we, oh. we weren't even we weren't specifically talking about abortion but it kind of it, but i can understand now that it, it really did relate and that i said that i believe that children are a blessing that god gives children and i and i i pray that god would give my wife and me children and this girl just got so mad and 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 uh and just opposed me uh, for being, you know, a chauvinist and you know all the all those bad patriarchal names, and uh, and I, and I, it was a good lesson to learn that it doesn't matter how it doesn't matter if it's just your own personal preference. These the way this progressive ideology works is they don't they look at that as regressive. They they anything that they that they will not allow this simple live and let live um, kind of uh, motto. No, they want, they, they, they look at me as, as you know, and, and you, you see it <clears throat> even in the way that like parents would discipline their children. Um, you, you, there, there are these, uh, these kind of patronizing, uh, uh, patronizing statements or, or commercials from the ad council 
that always try to tell us parents how to raise our own children, you know, and this is, you know, it, and after a while, it's, it's, it's gone from being sort of just this kind of patronizing advice to parents um, from these, from these, uh, you know, uh, celebrities who've been divorced and we can count. Um, you know, it's gone from that to just this total demand that you accept their, their, uh, their way of thinking. And, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking during the break, there was that commercial from the, uh, Museum on the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, talking about Mother's Day, which was last weekend. Yeah, I'm going to talk to our but, program but, director about that. That should not have aired. But, but, but nonetheless, I'm glad I heard it. You know, because it was it was great. It was talking about all these women in the Bible who are mothers, and these are things that, as as Christians, we treasure these things, especially the the Virgin Mary, who was the mother of our Lord, and how they they um you know they they accepted God's word uh, in their vocation as mothers. And, and this is exactly the kind of stuff that they're attacking. They're going after my wife. When this bill is not just attacking my opinion, it's attacking my family. It's attacking my wife, my children, uh, who, who, whom I teach. I teach my children, uh, you know, what God's commandments say, what his promises are in Christ, and, uh, and how to live a Christian life. And that's what I want for my children. And they don't want that. So they don't want that for their children or whatever, whatever, you know, but that's, that I think is kind of ironic is that these are people who are so career oriented. They've totally lost any touch with the domestic estate. And now they're going to come around and tell me how to run my home, how to, how to preach in my pulpit. Um, which sure, maybe it's not as explicit, but, but you have pointed out that that really is where, where, where they're, they're heading toward. They, they want to, they want to tell us what we can and can't teach our kids, humans, what we can, and really what we can and can't talk about. You know, why do you go to church? Well, you go to church to receive the forgiveness of sins, to, to, to receive the, the sacrament, um, be encouraged in your faith. You also go to church. To, to enjoy the fellowship of the saints. And one of those things that you enjoy with the fellowship of the saints is talking about um, the world and how, and how God's word uh, separates us from the world and, uh, and, and, and is contrary to the spirits of this age. And they're, they don't like that. They want to, they want to prevent you from being able to go to your, your little church and talk with your pastor and your fellow saints about about the truth, and that's really what they're headed toward. Now, maybe this this bill does not explicitly get at all that, but that really is their goal. Their goal is to is to shove any piety of God and His Word, reverence for His Word, out of your heart. And uh, and 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 the way they do it is by controlling the institutions, is by restricting what the domestic estate, the civil estate. And the ecclesial estate, the churchly estate, are allowed to say and do, and and that and that that's how they operate. That's how they've always operated. And so it's good for us Christians to 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 be wise and understand that. I'm going to quote again here from the uh, for the bill, exact language. 
The Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 shall not provide a claim concerning or a defense to a claim under a covered title or protect or provide a basis for challenging the application or enforcement of a covered title. Specifically staying right there in black and white. Hey, we don't care. Go away. You don't have any rights anymore. Ours trump yeah. yours. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's right. Now, you're right. I wanted Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're right. That's exactly the direction we're going at. You were talking um, about when well, we talked earlier about uh, 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 counseling sessions, for example, that are supposed to be confidential. There have been cases of the military where chaplains have been court-martialed for such things as questioning, uh, saying that homosexuality is a sin or that premarital sex, heterosexual sex is wrong. They've been court-martialed yeah. for that. Yeah. And... Yeah, the military has well, different rules, but my God, we're coming at it. We're, they're coming at it right now. Well, and the way, if, again, going back to like the way that the culture moves in our in our in our country, the, it's interesting how the military is often the first. You know, because this is the way that they, they they go after the institutions. So the military is like the first thing to to uh, you know, uh, it's sort of the gateway into the rest of the, the culture. If they can control the military in this way, then you can kind of get a glimpse into what their plan is for the rest of American culture and life. Um, and so, I mean, just for example, um, you know, providing, and I'm not saying this is wrong. I mean, I'm glad that we take care of our veterans uh, with, uh, with, with, the, uh, with, you know, health care and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, the, the health care for, for, uh, for veterans well, it makes sense then that later on they're gonna they're gonna say, well, we should have this for for everyone, um, and that you know that's another issue. But you see it also though then in other sorts of things where they say, well, they got rid of the don't ha don't ask, don't tell. Well, when they were that that policy where you just don't ask if someone's gay, but now they they say no that you you can't do that if someone is a homosexual, and even they say if someone is transgender, they're pushing for that that you should be able to be in the military. That is just a gateway into the culture. The well, well, for example, you know, one of the complaints I always hear from uh, from progressives is, well, you want you stay out of my bedroom. I stay out of my sexual practice. And yet they're the ones, <laughs> they're the ones who are forcing us into their bedrooms. <laughs> that's a thing I just don't quite understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm gay. You know, hey, what? Hey, I don't care. That's your business, dude. Don't talk to me. Yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they but but again, that's kind of how they they start with this sort of like live and let live kind of kind of appeal. Like, well, you know, if we're gay, we're not doing anything to harm anyone. And then after a while, we kind of accept that and say, OK, fine, you're not doing anything to harm anyone. Um, and then but then eventually they just insist that that you go along with them but that but, is the so, problem you know, right there you nailed it yeah yeah so i was i was going to ask you though um you mentioned that that the so so the term is that they they don't like it but they have not said yet whether they would veto it if it came to the desk that, um that's, what what do you what do you take what's your take on that uh, actually, that's it's not all that unusual the, for the presidency not to specifically say that they're going to uh, 
sign or veto a particular piece of legislation, uh, especially one that, that, that really is not likely to come to his desk. As I said, the, the odds are very, very good. Uh, the Senate, it'll never even come to the floor of the Senate. But, you know, there's okay. always another Congress coming up. So, and this bill yeah. has been introduced before. But this is the first time it ever passed. And it is significant to note that uh, I think it was 230 uh, uh, members of the House actually co-signed the bill. 230! Oh, wow. So it ain't going away. Well, and I noticed also that there were co-signers from, like, uh, Puerto Rico. And, like, they had... uh, so just at the very beginning, they had all the cosigners, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now, no, po- now Puerto Rico does not have a vote in the in the House. I mean, they they have a representation yeah, course, there, but it's non-voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it it really is. Uh, I mean, going back to the to the military, how we've seen this kind of develop in the military. One of the things that's interesting about the military is that I mean, originally the military would have been fed by militias and the militias would have been supplied by the homes and that, that are that, that are by moms and dads. And so again, it goes back to that, the, the domestic estate. So you see that the military has in, was intended to be this kind of unity between the domestic estate, the estate of the home and then the civil estate, the, the, the estate of the state, or the civil estate, um, uh, working together then with the domestic estate in this, uh, uh, to defend, to defend it, right? So you fight for your country, but you also, you fight for your home. That's why you're fighting oh, yeah. for your country. Whose home are you defending? And so you see how they've gone after the, the military, and they've tried to kind of turn the military into this, this institution that has divorced itself from the virtue of the home and uh and 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 so now they are trying to divorce other aspects of of uh of culture and life from the home as well their 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 goal is to make the home obsolete and uh and in doing so then they're going to go after the church because what is the church made up of it's made up of homes right it's made up of Households. It's not just a bunch of individuals. It's mom and dad bringing their kids to church. Well, since we've seen, you know, in the breakdown of the home, um, which we're seeing, we're seeing the effects of that more and more today, uh, with all these broken homes, the church is weakened by that as an institution. And so th- this this is just another step toward weakening the life of the church um, by attacking the fabric, the moral fabric of the home. And that's their goal. And they, they, I don't know exactly what, I mean, they think, I don't know exactly what their end game is. It seems like, yeah, you know, just yesterday I was reading this uh, article by uh, a guy who had an untimely death, uh, a Lutheran man named Aaron Wolf, who uh, wrote for uh, Chronicles magazine. And uh, he, he died on Easter. Um, and uh, it was, it was uh, very sad to hear. Um, but anyway, he, uh, I've been, really into reading his stuff lately um and he he uh he wrote a piece back in march i think it was about ignoble uh savage and he was talking about how you know 
we have evolution, Dar Darwinian evolution, which has kind of run the, the, the way that people think. But then combined with that, we have this other idea of this equality that's not really defined according to you know, an order. It's, it's defined rather according to, well, we just want the same thing as everyone else. But, but he pointed out that you can't have both ways because if you look at, if you look at the, uh, the, the theory of evolution, its whole premise is that, you know, we're all a bunch of animals um, who just kind of compete with one another, and then the stronger one wins out. But then on the other hand, they also want to say that, well, we're a bunch of animals, but at the same time, we should all be equal and, and, and have the exact same outcome and opportunity. And, and he was just showing just the, the whole hypocrisy of it all. And he pointed out that what these progressives are doing is they're, they, they're not interested in, 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 in preserving uh, the, what our fathers have passed down to us. They're not, they're not interested in looking back and, uh, and, and trying to stand on the solid ground that, uh, that a Christian culture has, has, uh, has passed down to us. But instead, they want to destroy these things and then go forward. Well, forward to what? And he kind of concludes by saying, well, forward into just kind of a, a darkness that who knows what it is. So that's what's, that's what's really scary about it is that they have, they're, they are fundamentally unprincipled. Un, un, un they have no, their only principle is, uh, is simply this abstract notion of equality. But they have no principle of like, you know, that would be grounded in what you would learn at home. You know, like what your mom and dad taught you. Of of uh, of love and respect and duty and all these kinds of things, these concepts of love, respect, duty, kindness, fairness, um, which they become more and more abstract to the point where they're not going to mean anything, and they don't mean anything anymore. And it's going to be it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And so we're seeing. I think that we're on the verge of a dark age, of a total destruction of culture, and we're heading to being just a bunch of savages <laughs> well so that's kind of summarizing wolf's uh, article there it, it could be I, I however i've seen some some positive signs you know we've got states including my own now that are defending life uh we are seeing uh, a growth of groups like uh turning point usa or our young conservatives in, in in colleges that are that are coming up and what's more importantly is that we're starting to fight back we're starting to fight back. We're voting. We're writing. We're, we're, we're not taking it sitting down. When our people are physically attacked, we press charges. It's happening more and more. Uh, there's a, uh, an, <laughs> a schadenfreude, a, <laughs> I'll, I'll use that word, uh, video on uh, YouTube that I've seen of a, uh, uh, a woman who is pro-choice, pro-abortion, and she stole a sign from, uh, from a, a pro-life group. Right in front of a cop. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's bawling her eyes out when she gets arrested. <laughs> I didn't steal it. I was just moving it. You know? mm -hmm. and, and I have sometimes to say, sometimes I really like the taste of their tears. You know, when they're, uh, I mean, there's something about that, like that you say, Schadenfreude. Uh, <laughs> I agree. It's, it's, uh, no, there are some encouraging uh, developments that we've seen. One of the things, though, that does kind of concern me about the conservative movement is that, I mean, it's, it, it seems like it's always been kind of fractured, but the conservative movement 
is dwelling so much on individual rights and kind of the uh, kind of this abstract understanding of free speech. But I, I think that we got to even push more deep. We got to push even deeper than that. Oh, I that, agree. That, that conservatism I, I t- is about preserving the preserving the morals, preserving the virtues, and above all, for Christians, you know, if we're going to be a Christian culture, preserving the promises of God and standing on these things and cultivating them in our homes and 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 taking seriously who we marry, how we raise our kids, and even be wi- being willing to go against the grain and not just simply go with the status quo, because the status quo is increasingly uh, 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 more and more against us. And if we're simply Go, go, if we're simply decrying the 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 attacks on quote unquote free speech, like well, that's not going to get us anywhere unless we actually have something to say. So, what's the point of having free speech if you don't actually have something good to say? Well, the problem is, is, is that a, is that when we do have something ahead. to say, it's being labeled as hate speech. I remember when that movement first started back in the nineties, and I remember thinking at that time, it is dangerous. Who defines what's hateful? Yeah. What, that, yeah, that, that marriage well, and, and marriage says, between a man and a woman is hateful? Well, and who says, who says that hate in and of itself is wrong? I mean, that, that, again, I mean, we should hate ungodliness. We should hate anything that is contrary to God and his word. And, and that it, I mean, do we not hate rape? And do we not hate murder? And do we not, I mean, and hating in the biblical sense is, uh, is, is an active thing. It's not, it's not just feeling hate, um, uh, as, as an affection towards someone. Oh yeah, some, it, some it, of the it, some of the more liberal religions just say, "Well, everything is love." No, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, I mean that's the, and that's why, like when Jesus says, "If you have, if you are angry with your brother, um, then you then then you are guilty of murder." I mean, or John says, "If Hugh hates his brother as a murderer," I mean, this is this is assuming that you might actually have a good reason to hate, you know, to be angry. Um, but the point there is that you forgive. I mean, what is, I mean, this is, we lose the entire significance of forgiveness of overcoming hate. If we don't even know what hate is, if we think that hate is just, uh, going against the, what is, what is popularly considered, uh, acceptable, uh, morally and so then we've totally lost the significance of the forgiveness of our sins. Like Jesus says to the lady caught in adultery, I do not condemn you, go and sin no more. Well, that totally loses all significance if you don't get the gravity of what she did. She committed adultery. That's horribly evil. We should be just, we, we should, we should, uh, I mean, unless you are picking up a stone ready to throw it at her, then you can't quite get the significance of Jesus saying, you is without sin. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time now. Pastor Preuss, I really want to thank you for being on the program. We live in very interesting times in the sense of the old uh, Chinese curse. But have faith. God is there, and he will protect us. You've been listening to Let's Talk, The Pastor Is In. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.